You are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 182 with my guest today, John Krabby. Now, you might know John from a, a little band he was in called Motley Crue back in the, the 90s. So in today's podcast, we actually talk about his tour coming out in Australia, starting from June 2nd in Sydney, and it goes all the way around Australia. So John is doing an acoustic tour, and he'll be playing lots of different songs, which you'll be able to hear throughout today's podcast of what to expect from the tour. We also talk about his new book coming out called Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, plus the Pam and Tommy series. So we get John's thoughts on that series. It's very interesting. And thank you to my sponsors, Custom Guitar Picks, Arnold Krakowka, and Musician. Now, I still have three more passes for anyone wanting to donate to the podcast. There's some free passes for Musician if you'd like to, to do that. Or even if you would like to sign up for Musician and get a discount, you can use the, the code BAGT30 and you'll get 30% off. And look out soon. I've got a new film clip coming out real soon for one of the songs off my album, Roach and Wyden, called The Mission. And the song is called Priest Global Explosion. So let's go over the interview now with John Grubby. All right, here we are. So good morning and good evening, I should say. John Grubby. <laughs> good morning for you. Good evening for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. So whereabouts are you now? Are you in Nashville? I'm 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 actually uh, visiting a friend in Tampa, Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm down here for a little bit and heading back up to Nashville um, Friday to do some shows and then hopefully come over there to uh, visit you guys and play some music. Yeah, yeah. what's well, only what a couple of weeks away, really? Yeah, I think the first show is the second. Yeah, in right. Sydney. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I know is the first show is in Sydney and the last show is in Perth. Uh, yeah. Everything in between, I'm a little foggy on. Yeah. Well, I know you, I'm in Melbourne, so I know you're in Melbourne on Thursday, 9th of June at the, uh, the Northcote Social Club. Yeah, it should be fun, dude. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, hopefully everything's you know, all back to normal now. Pretty semi-normal, I should say. So should have no problems. No, I, 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 um, I, I kind of got through COVID relatively health-wise unscathed. Mm. Um, I did have it over. I did have it over the Christmas holidays, but it was so minor. Like, um, I didn't. I didn't have any symptoms at all. I was vaccinated, all that stuff, yeah. and. Um, it's just been brutal from not working financially. It's been like, oh my God, seriously, I just want to go back to work. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to coming over there and, and um, basically maybe <laughs> unvirginizing myself again with the Australian crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've been here a few times now, haven't you? I mean, the last time was 2019. Yeah, I came over and I did the Motley 94 shows. Sure. Um, but I've been there several times with Union, ESP, um, the Daisies, obviously. Um, you know, so I, I love coming over there. Everybody's so uh, accommodating and, and um, 
just seemed like everybody just seems like they're in a good mood down there. Good day, mate. It's <laughs> all great. Yeah. yeah, well, we try to be. <laughs> well, you know what? You have a beautiful country down there, beautiful weather. Anyway, I'm looking forward to this. It should be, uh, it should be interesting. Yeah. Get so back down there and do some uh, acoustic storyteller stuff. I was just going to ask, yeah, what can we expect from this uh, little tour? Just a little bit of everything. Um, I I got to be honest, if when I do these shows, there's really not any kind of rhyme or reason to anything. I mean, mind you, some people, you know, I've had some fans from the audience yell, you know, smoke the sky. And I'm like, um, okay, new, like newsflash, I'm on an acoustic guitar. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um but it's it's pretty loose, man. It's like I tell stories, I tell jokes. Um, some of my stories are funny, but they're a little long. You know what I mean? But I just, you know, the, the idea is for everybody to be comfortable, hear some music, hear maybe get to know John Krabi a little better, and um, just have fun. You know what I mean? So there's no rhyme or reason. Somebody may yell a song out of the audience, and I'll just go, well, you know what? I haven't played it in a couple of years, but... Let's go. Let's try. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. So there's really no reason to anything. It's just fun. Yeah, that's really good. I, mean, I think it's really good too to find out a little bit the backstories behind the songs, you know, before you play it and as well. And and that's the thing when I first started doing these, I was doing, you know, I was sitting there going, okay, I'm doing an acoustic tour. I've got to do like you know, these songs from the Scream record and these from the Motley record and and this from my solo stuff. And I, you know, and, you know, so I was doing maybe, I don't know, uh, 20 plus songs, 25 songs. Mm. But then at the end of the night, I would go sit at the merch table or the bar and just hang out, meet people. And I found myself, explaining what certain songs were about, why I wrote it, yeah. um, how it came to be, even some of the covers, I do a few cover songs. So I'm like, maybe it's not about playing more music. Maybe it's just about making it more intimate. And like you said, giving them a little bit of a backstory on how I wrote a song like Father, Mother, Son, or how, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I've been doing that now for a couple of years. And may, so now I'll do maybe 13, 15 songs, tell some stories. I tell some really horrible jokes. <laughs> and uh, like I said, we just have fun and it's been going over great. Yeah. So is there any songs that you found a little bit challenging to do on the acoustic? Um, not really. The, the beauty about it, well, the hard thing about acoustic is you're naked. Yeah. There is... Like you can't you can't hide a flub or or a mistake behind yeah. all of amps and drums and so it's just you your voice and the guitar and um, and I just find myself even if I'm having a night where I can't really sing like maybe I'm tired or I you know I hit certain notes I'll play with the melody a little bit again mm. it's just it's loose. Um, you know, but I haven't had any complaints. Um, 
So it, it, it should be a lot of fun. But um, I don't really have, like, I, 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 I know myself. So when I kind of go out on stage, I'm like, oh, I'm having a little bit of a rough night. Maybe I won't do this song. Maybe I'll do this one instead. Something a little, a little easier. But it again, it's just loose. It's fun. It's no again, no rhyme or reason to anything. Yeah, and you, you're just taking it by the like song by song, aren't you? Like, there's no song list. I don't even write a set list. Yeah, I just I start talking to people. I start playing, um, and I kind of feel everybody out as I'm going. Um, if I have a bunch of people that are singing along and really getting off on everything, then I'll play a few more sing-along type songs. Um, but it's just, again, no rhyme or reason anything. There's no set list. There's no rules. Um, I've even done some where I'm just like, hey, if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask me a question. And, I'll, and, and then it becomes a acoustic joke storyteller's Q and A. No rhyme or reason. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I was watching some of your acoustic ones last night, and I saw, um, yeah, Hard Luck Woman, which you do really well. Yep. Yeah, I love that song. It's a great. It's it was always one of my favorite. Uh, I always kid around, and I say it's my favorite Garth Brooks song. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, always one of my favorite kiss songs and uh you know my voice is very even my friend here she's like god it's so weird like you and peter chris almost sound alike you have that tonality voice so i'm like okay cool whatever so again let's just have fun yeah yeah that's cool and actually i noticed too like you're pretty much throughout your whole career you've had like a a kiss connection i should say like as far as, you know, in the, the first band was at Agora with Gene Simmons liking the band and you had Union with Bruce Kulik and then ESP with Eric Singer, <laughs> Dead Daisy supporting Kiss. Yeah, it's it's a little surreal, especially when we were with the Daisies because I hadn't really spent a huge amount of time other than Gene mm. um, and Eric. I hadn't spent a huge amount of time with like Paul and Tommy. And, um, but we went on tour and there was a couple of times and I, I usually tell these stories when I'm on stage. Yep. Um, there was a couple of times where it was just so surreal, like right before we're getting ready to go on, um, Gene would meander into our dressing room, fully dressed in the outfit, you know, eight feet tall. Um, and he would tell me some crazy, like crazy joke and, you know, and I would just sit there and then he would, he would literally tell me the joke, the punchline, and you just turn around and walk out of the dressing room and you just kind of find yourself standing there with your mouth open, like, (laughs) oh my God, that's like Dr. Love, you know, the, you know, God of Thunder just walked in and told me a Jew joke. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, yeah. It, pinch myself, you know, it, <laughs> it's, it was, it, it's pretty funny, but I, I love those guys. They've, they've been so supportive of, you know, Gene, Gene and Eric hmm. um, throughout my career have been incredibly supportive and, and 
you know what, Paul and all of their crew guys were incredibly accommodating when we were on tour with them. So nothing but props and kudos to those guys. Yeah. So do you remember that first time you met Gene back in when you were in Agora? Um, yes, actually, it's I just wrote a book. It's coming out um, actually pretty soon now. Hmm. And there's the uh, the whole story and issue uh, on, on how how I met Gene. Okay. And uh, it was weird. He had heard her band, liked the band, was talking to us about a record deal. But then again, it was weird. Again, he kind of put us off because we're like Gene Simmons. You know, we were all huge Kiss fans. Mm. And then we were rehearsing at a place called SIR in L.A. And we were in this huge room, had a basketball court, called it. And Gene just walked in and picked up a basketball and started shooting baskets and it was like kind of calmed everybody down Mm. but we were still like really intimidated for a minute (laughs) you know what i mean he's got this presence you know what i mean and he's a funny guy he makes no bones about who he is and his personality and different things like that and i respect that good good people yeah yeah but like you said it'll all be in the book so people can check it out (laughs) yeah All in the book. Yeah. Now, is there any chance that the book will be ready before you come to Australia and you'll be bringing it here? We're hoping. Um, I know the book publisher is aware that I'm coming there. And I I, I honestly, like, I didn't want to announce that we will have books. Okay. Because always that glitch that it could get hung up in customs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that they arrive. Yeah, Whether yeah. or not they will, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, because I know, like, the, the freight to bring books over here is just, just crazy. To, like, you know, I've just ordered some books from uh, Steve Rosen about his stories with Van Halen. And the, um, you know, the freight just, like, you know, $100 for one book, just about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just sitting here now going, I don't even know. Like, I just, I had to order some you know, because mind you, I hadn't been playing for two years. Yeah. So this trip to Australia came up relatively quick, and I, I had to order CDs. Mm. But then I'm sitting there going, well, how do I get them there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I want to bring CDs to sell and some things. Uh, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, ship them there. I don't, I, my only drag about put, I was thinking I might put some in my suitcase, yep. but I did that. Again, your customs, when I arrived at the airport, um, I x-rayed my seat, they x-rayed my, my uh, suitcase right. mm. and they saw that I had CDs in there and they charged me like, oh, I was like 300 bucks Australian tax. Oh well, and I'm, you know, so I I don't I don't know what the deal is going to be. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure. Paul Miles, the guy that I wrote the book with, yep. uh, he's a I believe he lives in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Um, he he co-wrote the book with me, and he was already on the phone with the uh, I keep saying label, the book publisher, mm. um, about making sure we had books down there for each one of the shows. Yeah. So we'll. See. So talking about the book, it is called yeah, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Great title. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, that's from your from your father, wasn't it? Yeah, my father kind of mentioned that to me. I didn't know what it meant. And um, it's basically I'm taking a piss out of myself. It's like I, I, for some reason, have been this guy that has quietly gone through a career. And I have been the king of being at the right place, but always at the wrong time. <laughs> You know, obviously, you know, if you look at Motley and, you know, all the different bands I've been in, uh, I just did an interview yesterday and it's like, man, it's so weird. Like all the bands that you're in, when you're in them, people are like, oh, that's kind of cool. But for some reason, like you leave and then like 15 years later, like all of a sudden the records become like these cult classics and these, you know, they, they actually sell better later than they did at the time. Yeah, yeah. So my dad, I was kidding around one day when I did my acoustic record. Um, I was joking because I did half of the record with songs that I had recorded in the past, and then half was new stuff. And I just reworked everything acoustically. Mm. And I was kidding with my dad, and I said, "Yeah, I'm, I think I'm I'm going to call the record John Karabi's Almost Greatest Hits." Yeah. And he chuckled and. And he goes, or you could just call it horseshoes and hand grenades. And I go, what does that mean? And he goes, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades. You don't got to be on the money. You yes. just got to be. And I was like, oh, that's genius. So I saved it thinking I might do a record at some point yeah. and call it horseshoes and hand grenades. But um, when, when once we started doing the book and I reread it and going through the editing process, I realized <laughs> just how much I am the king of being at the wrong, right place at the wrong time. Uh, and you know what, that, that's gotta be the title. Yeah. So we went with that. That's great. So it's a, a fairly uh, large book, is it? Yes. You know, it's, it's really weird. I, I, a, I had no desire to do a book mm. at first and B, uh, I had never, obviously, I, I had no desire to do one, so I didn't know anything about the book world. And when Paul and I turned in the finished product and uh, the publishing company was interested, they were concerned because they said, well, most autobiographies are about 300 pages yeah. over and mine is, uh, God, I want to say it's almost 460 pages. Okay. Wow. But he goes, it's not boring. Mm. Like he said, I, I read the book. The, I'm saying he said the publishing yeah. company. Yeah. Um, the you know, president said, I, I read the book and I didn't get bored. So I'm, he made everybody in his staff read it. And they all came back and they said, I, would, I wouldn't change anything. It's, it was not boring at all mm. so hopefully they, you know the general public feels the same way um if not they can you know the book also doubles as an awesome drink coaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't like reading it you can just set your drink on it yeah, that's, it. <laughs> no, that's great no, i can't wait to read it it's gonna be really cool it's gonna be fun man and it's it's <laughs> not like it's all it's not any sort of um, 
story about Motley or a story about any of the one band I was in. This really just goes back to my very, very, very beginning. Um, it tells a little bit of backstory on my grandparents coming over from Italy. Yep. Um, and it just goes through my whole life, all the failed marriages and the girlfriends, all the bands that I was in, um, and just not really dishing out dirt, just telling everybody how I felt as I was going through every one of these ordeals. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I can't wait. It's going to be good. Actually, talking about dirt, <laughs> um, so you had the, yeah, the movie, the, and also uh, Tom and Pammy, or Pam and Tommy, which we would call it. Uh, I noticed you yeah. said a few things about that, and I must admit, when I watched that, it really gave me a different perspective of Tommy Lee, but then I know after seeing your comments, it's like, hey, that's not really him, you know? No, it's not. And I can tell you that I was in the band for almost five years, um, and when we toured, Tommy and I traveled together. It was just me and Tommy on a bus and a security guard. And, uh, a, it was random and it like, uh, I never saw Tommy unless we were changing, like in the dressing room, mm. never saw Tommy in his underwear. I never saw him in speedos or or whatever those underwear in the tv thing it was like he was constantly in like a speedo and i'm like no like this is wrong and then just the whole story how they bought the house and 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 just the construction on the house there was so many things wrong with that it was it was ridiculous so i just it to me it was unwatchable and my only beef with the dirt is I just wish they would have kept me out of it altogether. Um, um, if, if they were going to put me in it, which they did, I, I just personally feel like they should have had Morgan Freeman play me. But whatever. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah. But no, definitely it was, a, it was an interesting watch that Tom, Pam and Tommy. I... I I, I, the only thing that I found a plus in that is the girl that played Pam, um, uh, what is her name? Um, I, I, it, it, it's slipped my mind, but, um, I loved her in, there was another movie that she did with Gary Oldman called The Darkest Hour about Winston Churchill. Okay. And I, brilliant in that and I but I was sitting there going how is she gonna play Pam like in in the original movie I mean she's she's a good looking girl but she's a you know dark hair like brunette like all this stuff and whoever did her hair makeup and all that stuff they nailed it like she was really good but other than that I I just thought the script and the writing was just not not I did I didn't care for it at all. Yeah. So whatever. My two cents. <laughs> I'll just quickly ask you one last question, just about your son, because I've I've got a band as well and my daughter plays guitar and sings it as well with me. So how is it playing with your son, Ian? Uh, it's you know what, dude, it's so great um having him 
on stage and 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 it, and it's funny to be honest he was having some issues he was um there was a point about seven or eight years ago where he he wasn't doing all that hot he was kind of dabbling with drugs and mm. he came out to nashville and we had a heart to heart he got him i would we got him all situated and sorted out and he just said i've always wanted to be in a band with you and i said okay well i slid the motley record across the table and if you can play this record note for note and, you know, just embrace this um, gig is yours. And, and to his credit, he went home and he studied that record and it was awesome. Like playing the shows that we played, everybody said um, he nailed the parts. Do you know what I mean? So it's just good to, for me. I get to like, I can't wait to be able to um, put my new band together. I've got some new music out that I've just been kind of releasing some songs here and there. And um, I can't wait to put a new band together and go to Europe and go to all these places together with him and just experience rock and roll lifestyle yeah. with my with my it's awesome. It's yeah, pretty that's, cool. That's great. Yeah, no, I'm sure he'll be, or you'll be a proud father. <laughs> no, he's, you know what? He's already made me a proud dad. Like he's grown up immensely. Yeah. Um, he plays his ass off. He's out. Like when I'm not, when I'm not touring, he's got another band that he jams with called Rehab. Okay. And, but he's, he's got a beautiful home, a great girlfriend. He's got two, uh, identical twin daughters and then his girlfriend had two kids so they've got four kids a beautiful home he's kicking ass and i, I couldn't be happier and prouder of him so that's awesome all good yeah. all good excellent really good well hopefully we'll see you all down here maybe next year with the the full band i would i honestly i would love that and um this time I'll, i'm obviously i'm gonna play a little bit of the motley stuff but I've got so much back material and some new material. I just want to come down and play like three or four new songs for everybody and just touch base on the screen and Union and Motley and the Daisies, yeah. play a little bit of everything, have some fun and call it a day. No, that's great. I look forward to I'll be there. So I'll be I hope one, so. Yeah. I'll be the one yelling out, Van Halen. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> my with my guitar players, we might pull something out of our ass. But, uh, are you coming to the acoustic show? Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, well, let's, uh, you know, hopefully at the end of the night, we sit down and have a, uh, I know I made this mistake. I, I used to come down and think when I went to Australia, I had to have a Foster's. <laughs> but it's like, they're it's like, no, mate, it's Victoria Bitters, a yeah, VB. That's it. Maybe I'll, you know, we'll call it a day. Yeah, sounds good. I'll be there. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, thanks, John. I really appreciate your time, and um, I'll see you real soon, in a couple of weeks. All right, buddy. Thank you. Right. See ya. Bye-bye.